Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. We had a little bit of a switch up because we were originally going to do a different movie this week. But we had to do this one instead. This one was going to come later in our fighting movies series that we started last week in honour of the release of Creed 3. We're doing fighting movies, boxing movies as well, all through March. And today we, we, we do have a pretty notable boxing movie from the last sort of decade, don't we really? I feel like it was a reasonably big movie when it came out at its time, but you haven't heard much from it since. Um, but I think it's well regarded, this one. We have to talk yeah. about today, Janine. But it wasn't our original uh, decision to do this no. this week. <laughs> we were going to do this, I think, for the fourth movie in the uh, in the series. We were going to... Which one were we going to do? We were going to do Girl Fight, but apparently that movie is not streaming anywhere. So the purchasing of DVDs is going to have to be the way to go to cover that one but <laughs> well i could find i could find girl fight so we will do that one in lieu of this one we've just had a swap and change yes so we still will do girl fight i just have to order the dvd and wait for it to come so it'll come there before march is over. there we go <laughs> well uh it's a very different movie to the one we started the fighting movies series with last yes. week. That was Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. A silly movie, a you know, slightly chaotic movie, a entirely over-the-top movie. Yes. <laughs> that had Van Damme doing the splits an awful lot, punching people uh, in the uh, lower parts of their bodies. <laughs> and roundhouse kicking them five times in a row when I thought it was the same roundhouse kick being replayed. <laughs> it was a good movie. It yes. also had a young Forrest Whitaker in it. It did. And we have <laughs> double Forrest Whitaker. Back again. But old He's Forrest back. Whitaker. A little bit older. Weathered. <laughs> weathered Forrest Whitaker is a good word. A weathered forest is what we have today. <laughs> yes. A weathered forest. Good one. Good because one. we're talking about Southpaw from 2015. Antoine Fuqua directed. And you feel like Antoine Fuqua, Janine, is the kind of director that's somehow always doing these kind of movies where there's some sort of really heavy drama. In yeah. all, in every aspect of what's going on, but it's all about like personal struggle and triumph, triumphing over personal struggle. And yes, you, this is this it's just very much appears to me to be Antoine Fuqua's entire catalog legacy <laughs> and career. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I think he works really well for this kind of story because we are here dealing with. Jake Gyllenhaal, again, I think this is reasonably typical of Jake Gyllenhaal in the sense that he's maybe not quite as dark as he usually tends to go sometimes. Um, but 
emotionally intense. I, I think it's as emotionally intense as we I want to expect from Jake Hall. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I think if somebody would to put together a montage of shouting scenes or emoting scenes in Jake Hall movies, there would be um, a, a plentiful amount for a good, solid uh, edit. <laughs> yeah, there's... You say, you say emoting is the best way of putting it rather than shouting because, yes, okay, Hall's a great shouter, but he's also a great kind of mumbler. He's a great reserved just pain on his face yeah. kind of actor. Um, I mean, he's a wonderful, wonderful actor, but he surely sometimes he must just want to play light roles because he never does seem to and particularly like at this time in his career 2015 ish you think 2010 to sort of 2018ish Gillen Hall's playing just kind of heavy character after heavy character I mean in, maybe that's why he went for Mysterio because that was kind of a possibly fun, silly thing possibly that's true um but you think of uh, of a nightcrawler of a, a nocturnal animals, this movie, you're playing these really heavy roles that must just take a lot of emotion out of you, a lot yeah. of stress out of you as a performer. But I mean, he's absolutely wonderful at it. And I think he's really, really good in this movie. I think you are very endeared to him even though we obviously meet him at the top of the world we meet him you know in the movie winning yeah. the belt again being undefeated um and going back to his enormous yeah. manor house he's something like 43 and know like something crazy yeah, like that, which yeah. Is, is ridiculous i have a central question though that i want to ask before we start our mm -hmm. sort of big go through discussion today why why are professional fighters just horrible people for, for seemingly no reason? Why is everybody involved in this kind of world? Or or most people? Because not everybody. I mean, okay, fair enough. I've got to I've got to take I mean, I think why are they all horrible people? For example, the movie's villain. What reason does he have to be so horrible all the time? No reason whatsoever why is he going after jill and hall's wife why is he making horrible comments just because he is who he is that's why there's no reason behind it <laughs> i want to reason I mean, behind it i think boxing this is in general is an occupation that comes with a lot of ego on top of it just yes, being okay. very kind of <laughs> testosterone heavy and combining the two is probably just uh a powder keg of of negative emotions that could come I understand out of, especially in in uh, the cinematic world <laughs> yeah i i understand this is heavy toxic masculinity and all that kind of stuff but yes. it's a sport where you know the respect should come with anything like this you can be egocentric in a sport I know, okay, I'm likening it to football, right? Because that's, this is the sport I am most familiar with. This is the sport I know 
the most well. I know that's yeah. a team sport. I know it's a little bit different. So I perhaps try and liken it to an individual sport. But you can view yourself as the best. You can view yourself as the greatest. I am better than everybody else. And still have respect for people. Just just in, as a human being. This yes. guy doesn't even have respect for Jill and Hall as a human being. He's just like, he's just a piece of meat or something to, to this Miguel guy, Miguel Escobar, I think his name is. Um. Well, then you wouldn't have any conflict. But it, yeah, it's also very just but you kind would, of odd. Because make it personal. Do what Creed 3 did. Understandable villain. Little he... bit of a chip on his shoulder because of past relations with our protagonist well this, this guy, guy is just a is random just, guy well this guy he's wanting a shot he is knows he he can do whatever he needs to do and so he's egging him on and that's how he's gonna get his shot is by running his mouth and talking shit and playing this big man kind of attitude to get attention to get publicity so that he can get a shot and if he has to kind of take shots at at Jake Gyllenhaal, then he's going to do that. So this was him just kind of puffing his chest so he could get the attention, so he could get the match he wanted. He's clubberlang without Rocky III's ability to be a silly movie. Essentially, yes. But you need your conflict. You need this kind of big reason for this final kind of comeback fight. You need uh, him to kind of be throwing these barbs at him in the ring to really kind of elevate his reason for fighting and all kinds of stuff. So I get, you know, the, the plot necessity of having a character like this. I mean, you have to think about what kind of movie you're watching <laughs> and, and I, not, I do, not I go too much deeper than that because then you'll get all bogged down <laughs> with like the whys and the what's. <laughs> I think that's probably what I'm doing. I would also question as to why Miguel Escobar wore the longest pair of boxing shorts I've ever seen <laughs> anybody wear in a movie. They were basically yeah, I mean, touching his ankles. He seemed very small, so that's why I'm like, he didn't seem like a big kind of built <laughs> kind of person to be this boxer who was talking all this mess. Um, and then, yeah, those giant shorts just made him look even tinier. But... Um, I actually uh, thought at one point they were falling down. They were that yeah, long. Maybe, maybe. But yes, I mean, I don't know why you're acting like you've never seen a movie with these types of plot devices. Before. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I just seem so surprised. I just, I, I would like, I would like him. I know, but I would, I would like him to. <laughs> I just feel like <clears> too <throat> much. The movie's too much of a serious movie. The movie's too much of a movie that takes itself seriously. That wants you to view this story as a, as a very real story. As a very in-our-real-world story, right? About the redemption of this boxer who had it all, lost it all, and is you know, trying to grasp some of it back, which is, is the story of this movie, the rise, fall, and rise again. Well, we don't even see the rise, it's kind of the fall and rise again of, of Billy Hope. Yeah. 
which is a stupid nickname, by the way, Billy the Great Hope. What? Get out with your stupid <laughs> nicknames. You are just like, hope. what is this movie doing that it's just making you like nitpick the littlest things? Like you're not typically a nitpicker, but for whatever reason, this movie <laughs> just has you I up in arms about all the little details. <laughs> I think because I, I like, I think because I like my fighting movies to be like Bloodsport in tone to be to know full well that it's just ridiculous and i think it's ultimately because i've got this agenda as you all know against professional beating each other up which is what i call mma and the ufc and i know that's not boxing i actually have a respect for boxing and and boxers because there's technique behind what you're doing but it's all these promos and, and press conferences where they're shouting at each other and fighting against each other in the press conference and squaring up to each other. I think I've also been really soured on the the fighting scene in the real world by the stupid people that now do it like Jake Paul and people like this oh, who yeah. are now apparently professional boxers. What I don't, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Why, why, why are you earning so much money now as a professional boxer? You are a state of a human being. Get away from me. This is the kind of thing I have. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, so maybe, maybe I've been soured on that and maybe my kind of. But I mean, even if you watch things like the Creed that, movies, they, they take very much a more realism they do yes turn do. and and darker turn than kind of the rocky movies did but let's think about the creed movies creed one it is adonis um b becoming essentially his father's son there's 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 a legacy aspect i like that story um it doesn't really matter who he's fighting in creed one at all does it there's also rocky's obviously involved Creed 2, it's the Drago situation. Again, you're getting legacy. Creed 3 is really, it, it, and now, it, it, you know, with Jonathan Majors, you get the, the personal history aspect. It's never just some randomer. It's never just some guy. Or, yes, there's okay, there's fighting, there's shouting, there's confrontation. But there was that in the Rocky movies anyway. And I just feel like, that world of boxing movies, the Rocky Creed world of boxing movies, is a tone unto itself, even though Creed does take itself considerably more serious than Rocky does. Um, or certainly the Rocky sequels do. I think Rocky itself, the first Rocky, is a very serious movie. But even two is a little bit heightened, and certainly three, four, and whatever else. Yeah. Um, but this, I enjoyed this movie. Let's, I enjoyed this movie. I did. Are you sure? I no, I did because I enjoyed, I enjoyed Jill and Hall a lot, and I enjoyed Billy Hope's story in this movie an awful lot. I just, I just really, I have this thing in my head of 
I really hate these kind of people in real life that are just maddeningly confrontational, but somehow are professional fighters. You know, I, yes. I, I really just dislike these kind of people. So when I see them in movies, I just I just get off put. But Billy Hope isn't that. Billy Hope's a kind of damaged figure. He's a troubled guy. Um, obviously, he was a tr he seemed to be a troubled guy even before any. Well, yeah, I mean, him and his wife were him. both kind of orphans. They grew up in the foster system, and that's how they met. That's all, where all his friends are from. So they didn't come for money. Money they earned everything they had. So you know they have this nice house. They have all these things. But I love that his wife um mo is very much still very grounded and like she is very clear yeah. that like if the money and all this stuff went away that wouldn't matter to me all i care about is our daughter and you like that's all i need um so you can tell i like that they make them these characters that don't come from this lifestyle that they've earned this lifestyle that they've um worked their way up to it and so it keeps them still very much grounded in a lot of ways. Um, Billy, he's very much kind of, you know, somebody who obviously went from nothing to something. So he kind of, you know, plays that up as a little bit more flashy. Like he won, you know, that, that, that match. And so the next day he's buying watches for all his friends yeah. and, you know, so he's somebody who likes to kind of lavish in something that he, you know, never got to have growing up. Whereas Mo is still very much kind of grounded in and tries to keep him grounded and tries to kind of focus on what's really important while she does enjoy the things that she has. You can really, you really believe that if they lost it all, she would still you know, be okay. Absolutely. And this is why I like them. And this is also why I like Billy as a character, like I said, because yeah, okay, he's, you know, showering people with gifts and being a bit flashy, but he, he, he never runs his mouth, you know, at the beginning of this movie. He's never going on and on about, I'm the greatest and look at me, I'm undefeated and all this kind of stuff. He's almost get getting these things told to him by the press by the media by other people and he's just kind of all just taking it in yeah it, you know he's not shouting that out there he's not bigging himself up and I, I i appreciate that in a person so i appreciate that in a character it, he's humble even when he's at the top i think about himself he's humble when he's at the top even though he has all this stuff he can you know, buy all these watches for people. I don't think he, you know, you feel like some people would go out and buy watches for people and then go and tell the press that they buy, that they bought a load of watches for people. Yeah. I feel like he's just doing it because these guys are his buddies. These guys are his and friends. He, and he uh, can do these things out. now. Yeah. And he can do these things now. And, you know, he has these opportunities to do more and make more money but it doesn't take too much convincing from Mo to tell him, you know, she was really worried about how badly he got hurt in this fight, you know, so she wants him to take a break and, and just enjoy being with the family and, um, you know, not fight for a while because yeah. what she and saw in like, that yeah, fight, sure. yeah, what she, he, she saw in that fight really scared her in, in terms of how badly he got hurt. So, you know, 
while they do kind of have a tough conversation about him taking a break, it doesn't take much for him to kind of take her lead and and really take her truth and decide, okay, yes. Mo says, um, we're going to take a break, so we're going to take a break. And he yeah. very much, I, I like that the movie really establishes her as kind of the head and heart of this family and kind of the one who makes a lot of the decisions for him, for their daughter, so that when, you know, we do ultimately lose her, um, we feel that and we completely understand that. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's it's a horrible scene, really, isn't it? I actually think Rachel McAdams does a really good job as well. Yeah. As Maureen, as Mo. Um, telling, you know, shutting 50 Cent up right at the start, you know, by just saying, no, he's not fighting. Yeah. No, shut up, 50 Cent. I don't, I forgot what 50 Cent's name is in the movie. He's in the movie. He's always wearing a hat. Yeah. He's like, like his manager. Yeah, he's like his manager, you know, runs all his, his uh, contracts and gets him the fights and all that. He's the promoter, isn't he? Really? Yeah. He's, he's the... He clearly doesn't have any integrity either, as we kind of learn. Yeah, his whole kind of his whole kind of motto is, if it makes money, it makes sense, kind of thing. Which is deeply disturbing, as this could then mean anything. He could be yeah. into doing anything at all um no he he comes across 50 cents character in this movie comes across i think he's perfectly good in in what he's doing for the little bit i suppose he's in the movie um i think to be fair he's made a good acting career of himself 50 cent yeah you know aside from being because you because you never hear anything of him musically really anymore do you really yeah not much he has made a decent acting career of himself. Um, I think he's always he's always good whenever I've seen him shown up in something. Yeah. Um, but he is he is playing this reasonably despicable character. Yes, but he's I mean, in the just in the interested beginning... in money, just interested yes. in not really treating people as people. No, but in the beginning, we play it. They play it very much that he is, you know, has been with them a long time. He's been with the family yes, a long they time. They do consider him a friend. They do consider him like a trusted person in their corner. But there is enough there. Fifty Cent is doing enough to show the the underbelly of this person, really kind of only caring and focusing about kind of the money aspect of things. Yeah, which. Yes, you you get these people in the real world of professional fighting, though, don't you? So, yeah. And so for some you know, reason, they're, they're also lauded as geniuses, and I people mean, love they, them. And yes, because they make money. On Twitter. So, um, yeah, we kind of get can you, our. Can conflict. you tell I have an agenda? You do, you do. I, I don't know if this was a good series for you. You're just going to be no, it is, it about is. Yeah. the corruption and the frustration no, it's of not, the fighting corruption with every movie we discuss. Um, it's not corrupt. <laughs> it's just, I really don't like people who just think they can, they're better than everybody else and can beat everybody up and do whatever they want just because, oh, look at me, I've been told I'm great, I'm a professional fighter, I don't like these people. Yes, they're terrible. 
Um, so we do get this conflict with the spider early on after Billy has won the match. We see him win at the beginning. He's at a press conference and this other fighter kind of comes in big talking, trying to egg him on. Cause you can tell he's like a new fighter. And so he's just trying to kind of drum up publicity for himself and kind of be confrontational, get a rise out of Billy so he can get a match, get a big match for himself. So that's kind of where this, our antagonist kind of comes from, just a boxer who's really just trying to make a name for himself by being antagonistic and, you know, for publicity's sake and and get this attention. But You know what I would say? Work your way up there. Exactly. So um, Billy's not really taking the bait. He kind of just brushes him off at the press conference. So we've kind of set up, you know, this this person that we just don't like <laughs> as our antagonist. So uh, Billy is giving a speech at this charity um, dinner. And it's for kind of like the children's group that, you know, he was a part of when he was younger and, you know, they helped him. They gave him his first pair of boxing gloves and all that kind of stuff. So he's giving this speech about kind of his past. So we get a little bit of his history as kind of a foster child and 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 all of that. And we see that this antagonistic boxer is there in the room. Um, so they're getting ready to head home at at this point, you know, Mo has kind of convinced him to take a break. They're going to settle down. Um, and so they do this charity thing. They're on their way home when that boxer starts antagonizing him again, yelling at him, shouting at him and starts now talking about his wife, um, to really get under his skin. Mo is imploring him to just ignore it and go home, but he is very heated at this point and, you know, very hot headed and he cannot let it go. So then a whole fight breaks out between the two of them. Uh, and one of his gang has a gun. Uh, one of Billy's gang has a gun and we hear a gunshot go off. And then we look and we see Mo has been shot. And then, you know, there's some kind of like whispering and hiding. And it turns out that our antagonistic boxer, one of his guys was the one who set the gun off, but they kind of are able to cover it up very quickly. So nobody sees what really happened. Mo is shot. And this is just a really tough scene. It is, you know, they're realizing what's happening Billy like notices and she's just kind of like saying, I just want to go home. I just want to say Layla, our daughter, I just want to go home. Just take me home, baby. Just take me home. And just this kind of back and forth of, uh, of them just trying to not face what is happening before them. And ultimately she starts just slipping away and slipping away until she, she dies from the gunshot. And it's a very hard yeah. death scene. Actually. Yeah. It's a very yeah. well, acted well acted. Scene. Yes. Rachel McAdams does a great job in this scene. Um, the pa- the panic. I mean, it's, it mm-hmm. seems to me rare that you see such panic in a death scene they're either really heavy heavily sad and emo and and, you know everybody's crying and no 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 these kind of death scenes yes or they're just instantaneous and quick and what's happening you barely get a time to realize this gives you so much time to realize what's happening and what's going to happen very shortly yeah but not once does Gyllenhaal kind of scream out in no 
yeah the whole time he's just like telling her it's gonna be okay you're gonna be fine like please like you know them just having a conversation with each other trying to make each other she's trying to make him feel okay and he like he's trying to make her feel okay and yeah it's it's a very difficult scene well acted death scene um very tense very very tense very very real feeling um and so ultimately he loses her and then he just kind of breaks down completely and you know he has his daughter to raise and um you know i talked a lot about this when we did a monday show and i talked about this new show i was watching shrinking um on apple tv where jason siegel's character he is kind of on the outs with his teenage daughter because they both lost you know his wife her mother and he kind of grieved on his own and didn't really acknowledge that she was also grieving his daughter so she has kind of you know been angry and frustrated with him because he kind of you know handled his grief his own way and didn't really consider that she was also grieving as well and i think this is what starts happening between billy and his daughter and she's very young she's maybe like 10 11 yeah and um yeah he doesn't like take the time to sit and grieve with her or really be honest with her about what he's feeling or even asking her what she's feeling he just kind of hides in his room he's even contemplating suicide he's there with a gun you know holding it to his head you know just really cutting himself off um trying to hide you know his tears you know drinking doing drugs he crashes his car into a tree just being very he completely reckless. spirals he completely yes. spirals and just doesn't really you know remember that he has this daughter that he you know needs to take care of that he, that she is probably she's going through the same thing he is like he just kind of doesn't even allow himself to focus on anything outside of his own grief and so it starts manifesting in so many different ways for him and he takes a fight when he's not ready and it, it's just a total mess he's not fighting back he headbutts the referee yeah. um and so then he starts losing money and he has to get rid of his house and his cars and and 50 cent drops him and and uh you know his financial person you know is telling him you know you're gonna lose everything and he think he just assumes the financial guy is stealing from him and he's starting to just get angry and lash out at everybody um so yeah it isn't until he you know 50 cent drops him his trainer drops him he's not going to get any more fights he's losing his home and everything else and he doesn't have mo there to even really make any kind of day-to-day decisions in terms of his daughter in terms of his life so he's totally unfocused totally spiraled like you said and um you know he's high he's drunk and he just you know drives his car straight into a tree stumbles into the house his daughter finds him and she has to call 911 to to get him help and so that's kind of where everything starts going wrong child services takes his daughter away and so he has to go to court and and figure out a whole custody situation with her so he has to kind of has 30 days to kind of get his shit together find a place to live get a job and prove he can be a responsible parent while his daughter now is in foster care so yeah um yeah the way he just kind of plays the spiraling i think is so well done it's so you know it feels like 
how for how they set up the character in terms of you know his wife kind of being his head and his heart in a lot of ways and losing that so they set i think you know the little bit of time we had rachel mcadams in this movie they set her up her role in in his life so well that it makes such he such clear sense that you know he would be like this after she's gone like he just doesn't know how to care for his daughter he doesn't know how to care for himself he doesn't know what his next move is he can't get himself together he just wants to die um you know i think i think it's a wonderfully structured movie it might seem a typically structured movie but it 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 really is brilliantly done um because of those semi-subtle things like you said you know you don't need to be told how important rachel mcadams is and was to him because you're just shown it all and you're shown what he's like in the immediate aftermath of her not being there and i mean we see her rock bottom yeah we see her kind of managing things with the daughter we see 50 cent talking to her about the contracts and things like that so yeah we know how much kind of control she had you know, he's he has to when he was getting ready to do this speech at this charity, you know, he's freaking out about having to read the speech and talk about his past and getting angry. And all she has to do is kind of put her hands on his face and she gets him calm. So they just did so much with her in those beginning moments that this breakdown feels very warranted to someone who lost somebody who was kind of their focus point. Yeah, and because we already understood that he's a troubled person anyway. Yeah. I, you know, you really do feel an awful lot for him. You, I, I really did feel endeared towards him. Even though, obviously, you know, he... You're very frustrated he, I, with him. I'm you not want a him professional to just... fighter. I'm not a, you know, <laughs> yeah. particularly hot-headed, violent character. But I did feel endeared towards him. And I think I think it, it, it speaks a lot to, to Billy Hope as a character that, that I felt that way because he again he's not an egocentric person. He is at this point still the best light heavyweight boxer in the world. Yeah. You know, he's considered the champ. People continue to call him champ. But he is damaged in his own mind. He, he's just completely, his mind is broken. And, and this is wanna... an uncontrollable thing. Yes. This is not you... something he controls. This is not, this is not really, when you think about it, of his own doing. This is the result of other circumstances. This is the result of an upbringing, of a, of a difficult upbringing, and the result of a completely insane event that could have been avoided. He does blame himself a little bit because of the fact he, he took the bait of charity event. Yes, to let's just go home. He didn't want to go home. Had they just left when she kept imploring him to leave, that wouldn't have happened. But I really, I feel an awful lot for him in these low moments, in all this, you know, this big sequence, this middle portion of the movie, the the spiraling down portion, when he's 
trying to grasp some sort of life back. You really want to see that for him because he's presented as still a, a very humble person, a very, you know, he's, there's a lot of humility in him. There's never been arrogance to him. And I think if there had have been, I don't think any of it works. I don't yeah. get any of the character story works if he's arrogant, because then it's just like, oh, well, yeah, you were arrogant. Bye. And Go the fact away. that he's doing all of this and not acknowledging the fact that he has to be a parent, that he has to step up and take care of this child, but yet he's just being so reckless. You yeah. can kind of not forgive it, but you can understand it to the point where you don't. And really that's lose, why, yeah. While you don't really lose love for him, you want to shake him and tell him, get your shit together. You have to take care of this child, but you understand you the do. difficulty Entirely. of the situation for him, this loss for him. So when he starts, and it's even spiraling, harder in, yeah. in the courtroom when you clearly see that obviously his daughter still really loves him his daughter still really wants to be you know in this first court scene yeah his daughter really wants to still be with her dad Gyllenhaal obviously still really wants to be with his daughter but Gyllenhaal's a mess at this point yes but then she goes through her own complicated journey with her emotions she because she's really had she hasn't had the opportunity to grieve with him or or sit with him or have the person who's going through the same thing she's going through help her understand what she's feeling so in one second she wants to be with him and the next second she doesn't want to see him when she does see him she's blaming him and telling him she hates him or telling him that she wishes that he would have died instead of her mom because he you know in her mind in her 10 11 year old mind he's not doing enough to get her back to to show that he wants her with him um she you know can't she, there's no, nobody there to help her kind of understand what's happening what's happening with him he's no, not helping her not understand even, what's going on with him so not even the kind of the the not even naomi harris who plays our kind of child social service worker. yeah social worker character she doesn't seem to tell layla the daughter an awful lot because she she's there ultimately to protect her from danger really to protect her from her father if her father is in a bad way yeah so she she's you can understand her as well you can understand her character and it might yeah. seem harsh the conversation some of the conversations Naomi Harris does have with Jill and Hall are harsh truths they are harsh kind of but he's immediately defensive yeah and he gets very defensive about things like she's literally just asking him questions that are on this form you know did you yeah. do you have a job are you on any drugs have you taken and he just takes all of that very defensively so that's not really yeah. helping his case either so on top of just trying to you know get back on track with his life so he can get his daughter back um he he has a lot to navigate he has a lot to kind of build back up because he's burned a lot of bridges and so he starts kind of going back to this old gym and trying to uh run by force whitaker who was a 
like a trainer that he that trained somebody who he fought who I yeah. think beat who almost beat him so he was like okay this guy is a really great trainer um maybe he'll consider taking me on so he goes to this gym and and this is with him reconciling with one of his friends as well because this friend he blamed for you know when he was kind of really in his big spiraling he blamed this friend for his, his wife's death because he was supposed to kind of be keeping an eye on her um and so you know he's having to kind of rebuild those relationships as well um so that he does i like that he does have a moment of kind of reconciling with his friend and making peace with them and and he gives him a ride to the gym so um yeah he goes to this gym and he tries to talk to forrest whitaker about you know training him or you know just letting him be at the gym and maybe giving him a job and then you know forrest whitaker's like is you know it's plastered all over the newspaper what's going on with him so you know force whitaker off offers him this job to kind of clean up in the gym and he very much kind of lets his ego take over at this point and says she's unusual yes you know you think you know the circumstances which he does ultimately kind of circle back but in this very moment he's just so prideful all of a sudden and you know thinks you know i was a pro fighter and you expect me to clean toilets and scrub up after these bums in this gym hell no and he gets very defensive and angry and storms out um ultimately realizing you know he needs to kind of humble himself if he's going to get his daughter back um it's strange that he has to go through that because we haven't seen anything like that from him up until this point in the movie yeah and really after this point in the movie we don't see anything like this yes i mean at this point he's at this point he's lost everything he's living like at a hotel he doesn't have a job he's lost his house he's lost his daughter so there really should be nothing making him so prideful still but i think it's just the fact that you know maybe somebody's facing him with the truth forge whitaker's really blunt with him about like i know what's going on with your career i know you're on drugs i know what you're doing you know so the fact that maybe somebody's just calling him on his shit he just is getting very defensive maybe it's less about pride and ego and more about just him on the defense because he feels like forrest whitaker's just being up front with him and he's just taking it as as somebody insulting him or you know trying to to get a rise out of him when Forrest Whitaker is really just being honest with him and he just yeah it's just in, in a headspace where he just can't handle it at the moment so he and just is like no I'm not going to clean your floors and he storms out um and Forrest Whitaker's like you know already kind of has his mind made up about about Billy and um yeah ultimately the scene where he kind of circles back and admits that you know he was wrong and uh, even in that moment, he gets really angry and he has to kind of reevaluate. Like he gets, because again, I just love how blunt Forrest Whitaker is with him. And he needs that. I think, it, you know, he, he needs a character like that because we saw Mo kind of be like that with him in the very beginning. That she was very kind of upfront and honest with him. So he needed somebody who was going to be like that with him and not baby him or give him what he wanted or, you know, and, and really be real with him. So, ultimately kind of meeting horse whitaker and him being very blunt with him is kind of the thing that gets him back on the road to to kind of repairing all of the damage that he's caused absolutely 
Absolutely. You know, defensiveness is something we have seen in, in Billy Hope throughout this movie. So if we are putting that strange bit of ego boost just into the realm of defensiveness rather than self-arrogance. Ego then, thing, then yeah. We can, we can accept we, that. I think that's fine. Accept it from what the where the character is and what we've seen from the character up to that point. Um, I I I I really do like Forrest Whitaker. In yes, this movie, and I mean, actually. I think he's playing he's playing your typical reluctant trainer kind of role. He's almost, you know, I, I don't train pro fighters. It's like, you're going to end up training him, aren't you, Forrest? I mean, yes, yes Mickey was very much like, I'm not training this, you until he was, this is kind Mickey. of thing. Rocky this is was Mickey. the same way to Creed. Like, I'm he not was, training you. <laughs> every famous movie yes. boxing so trainer. It's like, how many times have we gotten this relationship? But Clint Eastwood they, in Million Dollar Baby. Exactly. No, I'm not training you. No, I'm and not then training I train you. you. But and then you they will, do something you? that yes, impresses you or whatever. So, you know, we've gotten this relationship so many times in movies. So for them to actually make this relationship feel, you know, feel like you're invested in it and you care and you really like yeah. them together as a pairing is a testament to the performances and what this movie did. Because this relationship is so kind of overdone in these types of movies. So to make me still care about this, you know, trainer boxer kind of relationship, I think was a, a job well done by the actors in this movie. Um, because Absolutely. I think he needed a truth teller in a moment where no one was really telling him the truth. And he, and he was finally able to kind of see it as truth as opposed to seeing it as a criticism. Yeah, and I think it works doubly well because, I mean, look, the tone of this movie is a heavy one. It, it is not a light affair. It is yeah. a emotionally intense movie. It's a very downbeat kind of movie. It's a very heavy movie with a lot of tough character moments in a lot of very harsh realism yeah. in it um you know it's it's not quite raging bull in terms of <laughs> darkness, you know, real but, real yeah. darkness but but it's a it's a very dark boxing movie really yes. and forrest whitaker i think despite what we thought of forrest whitaker last week in Bloodsport, where this was kind of the somewhat over the top Forrest Whitaker. We could have a laugh with Forrest Whitaker last week. He was trying to, you know, fumble over some yes, boats. Fumbly, there was bumbly, that Mentos yeah. commercial situation. He was falling yeah. on the floor. He was shouting unnecessarily and having to be calmed down by his detective partner. This movie shows the kind of actor that Forrest Whitaker has become and, and you know, and became. He's a very, very heavy emoter. He's got the, it, obviously his voice. I mean, people make fun of his voice from Star Wars, don't they? His Saw Gerrera kind <laughs> yeah. of, my deception voice, which is obviously very heavy. Obviously, yeah. I, I, stop, stop using the word heavy, Morgan. <laughs> um, it's very, there's a lot 
behind it. There's a lot of weight behind yeah. the, yes. the voice. Um, but he's similar in this movie. His eyes, and I know his eyes are obviously very unique in this movie. It, well, in this movie and in general, Forrest Whitaker's eyes are ridiculously, yeah. you know, idiosyncratic. But even in this movie, he's got like a glass eye. That yeah. There's this whole story about when he used to fight, he was punched in the eye and he, he lost his eye. And they give they gave him a glass eye that was the wrong colour, so he's now got a blue eye yeah. rather than a brown eye. And But he was too lazy to ask for a change so now he now he looks like david bowie um but because he's able his face forrest whitaker's face forrest whitaker's entire being is able to just convey the same level of emotional intensity that jill and hall has to put into his performance because i don't think jill and hall's face is particularly you know there's not these grooves on it he's 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 a pretty man really yeah. isn't he jill and hall even in this movie he's a good looking person um forest whitaker has the grooves in his face the weathered forest that we talked about at the beginning <laughs> he is this so he doesn't even have two show in his performance the level of truth-telling, the level of emotion that he does, because we would see it in his face anyway, but the fact that he does and the fact that that's added on there just elevates all this even more, brings out the tone of this movie even more, makes you feel even more for these characters and this pairing i just yeah. think he's wonderful in this yeah he's great i love just the bluntness he has with him like he is the person who makes him think about think about what your daughter's going through she hates you right now let her hate you give her yeah. that moment to hate you like you know but don't give up on her you know she feels this way now but you just need to continue to show up there even if she doesn't want to see you you need to give her this time to feel what she's feeling um and you need but you regardless of how she feels about you, you need to keep showing up for her and then you know he makes him confront like his own guilt for what happened to his wife and you know ultimately he blows up and throws a chair and then he realizes he okay i need to calm down and and then he listens to him about you know facing what happened what do you feel like you did wrong like you know you can't hold on to that um or it's going to really ruin the relationship you have with your daughter it's going to ruin things for you going forward you need to let that go you need to understand kind of what you need to do to get out of this to to move beyond this um so i really love the kind of just honesty he throws at him at every turn to make him kind of sit back and realize what he needs to do um yeah and then kind of, of having a lot of these the conversations of the yeah is what ultimately gets forrest Whitaker to decide to train him um and, yeah and, and support a, him. A, a, yes and a lot of that final part of the movie is their building of the relationship really unfortunately i think unfortunately we don't get the training montage or anything like that we don't get the uh, we get some time spent with you know forrest whitaker and, and, and gyllenhaal doing 
a little bit of the training, that whole under the rope, middle of the ring kind of yeah, slide once, shuffle you thing. Know, once he ultimately decides to fight, you know, his kind of big antagonist by the end. And, you know, this fight is being billed as kind of this whole revenge fight because of what yeah, happened. But it's only wife. being billed that way because 50 Cent is now the promoter for this of fight that fight not treating yes. people like once people he again. sees billy ends up doing like a charity fight and that's like his first fight back and he ends up winning and so once kind of 50 cent sees oh billy's back he's he's doing better then he wants to kind of bank and make this big fight and so that's what he's billing it as but i love that even in interviews and things like that billy has said you know says in the end it's not about that he even like gives his daughter a heads up like it's not about and you're gonna hear these things and you're gonna hear talk about mom and and you know but that's not what this is about so i like that he is very much you know not pushing this narrative not wanting to give in to any kind of negative emotions going into this fight because that was very much the old him really allowing yeah. things to get to him and the which fact which is that why i can... like him and i don't like boxing promoters <laughs> yes and so the fact that you know with force whitaker's help with even his daughter kind of saying she wants to be there for him um it's enough for him to kind of not focus on you know the narrative behind this fight and really can focus in on the fight itself and what this fight means for you know getting his life back um yeah by the end of it i still do wish we would have got a little bit more training between yes. him and him and forrest whitaker but their i mean their relationship is built up they've they have a lot of just quiet conversations with each yes, other. Yes, and ultimately they're... for this movie and for these characters is more important than pure because he knows how to box. He's a almost undefeated champion. You know, he he, yeah. he doesn't need he to just learn needs how to, to box. He just needs he... to rein himself in. Yes, he just needs to learn how to focus in beyond kind of his negative emotions. Um, and Forrest Whitaker really helps him do that. So, yeah, I mean, when he's training for that big fight, we do get kind of a big montage with, like, this Eminem song, and it's this whole thing. Oh, there is um, the end. That is there is Yes. That. And then, like, even the thing that I think pushes him to decide, because, like, once this kind of big match comes up and he knows 50 Cent's in charge, you know, Forrest Whitaker's really like, I don't want to do this. Like, he's a slimy guy. Like, are you really going to trust him? You know what he's trying to do. You know how he's going to build this fight. I can't train you. And it isn't until kind of this mutual kid that they've trained in the gym and they kind of have seen he has a bad home yeah. life. They find out this kid ends up getting killed by his father trying to defend or protect his mother. And so then Forrest Whitaker's kind of questioning you know, you know, I, these kids, you know, come to this gym when they have nowhere else to go. And I'm telling them that, you know, they can be better. They can be more. Their dreams can come true if they just work hard. And I'm telling these kids this and it's just a lie because, look, I told this kid this and, and it didn't work out for him. So then, you know, he has this whole moment of doubt um, where he's kind of doubting everything he's been telling these kids. And so, you know, Billy kind of has to remind him that, you know, what you're doing is worth something and you do help people and you know so uh you know this kind of moment that they kind of have over this kid who who has been killed i think that was kind of a a nice side plot that works in 
in kind of giving them a common outlook and then Billy being able to kind of uh, give something back to Force Whitaker, you know. Yeah, it turns and, the and, tables, and, doesn't it, really? Yes. It, it, Billy yeah. telling him the truth rather than the other way around. Right. Which is what yes, been so, the, so while this could have been a very time. throwaway kind of side plot, I think they really worked it in well to to give a moment where the tables have kind of switched with Billy kind of giving some guidance to Forrest Whitaker, which kind of seals the bond of their relationship even further going into yeah. this final kind of fight and ultimately getting Forrest Whitaker to decide to train him for this. So, You mentioned this montage with this Eminem song. I actually saw that Eminem was supposed to play Billy Hope. Oh, really? Originally. Is that and... 50 cents in the movie? <laughs> Possibly, possibly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I read something that he was cast, Eminem was cast, and had actually started production. Oh, but wow. Then went back into music and, you know, and, and was doing work out. something heavy with music and dropped out of it. Oh, okay. So they, they ended up casting Jill and Hall instead. I can't remember this being the case. I mean, I feel like I would have heard about this, but maybe I've forgotten something from obviously 2015, which was yeah. quite a while ago now. Um, but that's interesting, really, isn't it? Yeah, really um, interesting. Almost no the, the boxing equivalent of Eight Mile. No. Yes, we're, I mean, we're we've seen him. <laughs> yeah, well, we've seen him. You know, he did a re really good job in Eight Mile. So, I mean, I, I, could, have, did. I could see it. I could see it, but I... I think Jake Gyllenhaal did a really good job here. Um, and yeah, I really like the line where, you know, they are training and he just takes a moment to tell him, you know, my wife would have really liked you. And he's yes. like, oh, no, I appreciate yes. you saying that. Like, it's just very sweet. Um, and the fact that, you know. understated as well. And yes. I love that about it. It's not this, you know, you don't get the, the music cue. You don't get the big sweeping. No, kind of it's just a very kind of out said. of nowhere thing. And it's really sweet. And it's also kind of showing you know he's not afraid to talk about her anymore he's more open to it and then you know even when he does get his daughter back and she wants to go to her gravesite and he's you know they very much have a moment um because he was very kind of closed off when it came to her death and if even somebody brought up her name or anything he would snap so the fact that he can just kind of bring her up so casually and then be so you know very much open to having this moment with his daughter at her grave and and, and that whole thing and talking about her um it shows kind of the the evolution of you know yes. this character and and in dealing with his grief and and I love that so yeah we get to this thing where he's you know now got his daughter back he's trying to kind of start over um, and he's going into this final fight his daughter wants to be there so the daughter is there with Naomi Harris who's kind of looking after her while the fight is happening. Um, Naomi Harris has dressed herself up for this. Uh, yeah, early, so I don't know if she's trying to in the arena. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I don't know if she's trying to like make a little spot for herself in the family. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, we have you know while this fight is happening, you know he's still kind of antagonizing. Like there was a moment of like when sh his wife got shot, Miguel, right? That's his name. The, yes the, yes he seemed like remorseful in that moment that that happened so then he when he's did. now 
so now in the ring when he's like talking about his wife and, and trying to egg him on like that felt like too much and that this felt, is what i mean that this felt is why very I just... much like your, the, your complaint that you were having about this character it is this is i don't i don't understand him as a character <laughs> he just seems like a completely two-dimensional creature antagonist yeah i mean and so yes like i can reconcile a lot of that by like kind of how i explained it he's this up-and-coming boxer he just is like you know running his mouth for publicity you know because that he sees that is the only way and no one's going to give him a shot he just has to you know talk and 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 get on the radar of the big names and Um, this is why i likened him to being clubber lang without the fun yeah agreed you know, I, I, I definitely get what you mean by that. But um, you need yeah. that. You need yes. the fun in a character. And you, so like yes, have him not even be remorseful in that moment of the wife yeah. getting shot. But you see him actually like you know while yes he is covering up for his friend who did shoot her, he seems like genuinely like sh- shook by what happened. So then when he's in the ring now, like talking shit about his dead wife, like that just seems like too far. You know, he makes you want to throw up. It's ridiculous. Um, but this this final fight, by the way, I think is is a really well presented fight mm-hmm. for this movie. Yeah. I think it's a really well shot fight. You know, boxing movies, fighting movies in general have to have good fight scenes. I know it sounds <laughs> fairly self-explanatory and fairly understandable to yeah. say that, but they do. Um, and I don't think it's particularly easy to actually film these things well you know sports movies in general have to film their sports scenes well otherwise they come across as ridiculously forced and ridiculously fake looking yeah this really really doesn't i mean there's there's pov shots in this final fight as though it is raging bull yeah (laughs) you know it's it's really taken a lot of you know i have a lot of respect for how that Final fight is actually presented. Yeah, I mean, it seems the middle-ish rounds. I suppose this is to be expected as well. The middle rounds of this twelve-round fight do seem a little breezed through, um, and it, it's not played as real. Kind of, it's not played as a Rocky montage either, because <laughs> I know we're likening everything to Rocky, but yeah. They are the archetypal boxing movies, really, aren't they? As people will know them. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the final fights in Rocky movies are, you know, those middle rounds are played. There's some big song, you know, or, or the score really kicks in, and you get up, you're getting all into it. There's people just bashing each other. Um. And it's really kind of smoothly edited. I think this was trying to do that. Um, there was a, a, another song that came in in these middle rounds to kind of try and breeze our way yeah. through them. Yeah. I just don't think it was quite as smooth as we're used to from seeing yeah, that's fair. Rocky that's Creed fair. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual you know, when we took more time to sit in a round of moments. Yes. Um, it was well really, done. really well yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the POV stuff because 
that's something you don't get in Rocky Creed movies. You don't get POV. Yes. And when you see things that like were kind of big moments in the training montage kind of come into play in the Yes, the slide and scene. shuffle and Yeah, those are really fun. Blocking blocking um, with the shoulder. Yes, yes. So I liked those moments. Because he's got a really dodgy left eye, Billy Hope. Like he yeah. seems to get tapped on his left eye and it just bleeds profusely <laughs> yeah. immediately and continues to do it for it happened in the very first fight we saw and it happened in this final fight as well um so he's trying to block it with his left shoulder and the reason this movie is called southpaw well billy hope's not even a southpaw no but he so was Forrest quite... Whitaker trains him to be one for this final fight and switch it up yes but he switches it up at the very last second for one punch and then that's it. And, and, and Miguel goes down with this massive left uppercut. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And that's apparently justification to call the entire the whole movie, movie Southpaw. Uh, yeah. No, that's not. Which correct. I think it had, I want to say that I heard something into having a different name, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And then he ends kind of this final moment just holding his daughter in the, in the, dressing room and um, having won back the belt yeah so yes. great great moment great and i would just I like to think he's now retired retire with so. the belt open a yeah. gym and do what all former boxers do we do yes um so yes I, I i think this is a solid boxing movie great performances great emotion um all of the things you kind of want from a movie like this um and, and enough there to um, keep you invested despite it being kind of things that you've seen before. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of this movie that is typical. But it doesn't mean to say that it's not very well done. Yeah. It doesn't mean to say it's not great. Well executed. Like yeah. we said, and well executed. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. Um. And dedicated Personal to James Horner for his score. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. who I think died the year after, didn't it? So it was, I think it was retroactively dedicated to James yeah. Horner, if I remember. Because I think his last score was actually Antoine Fuqua's Magnificent Seven. Mm, yes. I think, yes. which was the year after. Um, But yeah, I... I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Personal taste-wise, as far as fighting movies go, I do prefer the more over-the-top sillier fare than, than... More serious. Very, very kind of, heavy stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that is just real all-out drama that this movie is, emotionally intense drama. But people do... You know, a lot of people do enjoy these type of movies. A lot of people really get into these type of movies. And with this movie, you can see why. Because it's a really, really good movie. Yeah. Um, I would just go and watch Bloodsport infinitely more times <laughs> than I would watch this movie again. But that is That's personal fair. taste. I think yes. this is a better movie. <laughs> you know, I think this is a, a far better made movie. <laughs> Certainly gives Forrest Whitaker a little bit more to do respect. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah i like that we've had double forest whitaker as well yeah didn't we even like plan it. that but yeah <laughs> didn't plan that but yes south pole 
a great, great movie. Janine, what do we have next week? Well, we're going to go back to a little a little more fun and, and not super Ooh. serious, more maybe family friendly uh, with Real Steel. <laughs> Real Steel, a robot movie. Yeah. Robot fighting. It's not robot walls, is it? Where they're all in a cage and there's robots. Mm, robot, do you of. know robot walls? Is robot walls, did that translate to America? Uh, no. Robot, you don't Vaguely. know about robot walls. Oh, it sounds we'll familiar. To... It sounds familiar. I think, I think so. Maybe robot walls. We'll have to talk about robot walls <laughs> no, next it, week. I think we'll just see work. if anything in Real Steel reminds you of Robot Wars. I doubt it because the <laughs> robots in Real Steel are massive, aren't they? People control the robots, so it's not. Well, like that's similar. Yeah, that's similar to Robot Walls. Yeah, it's kind but of like Big Hero not... Six in terms of like. Um, ah, okay. hero at the beginning kind of being a bot fighter <laughs> but they don't have little remote controls and i think they do actually don't they do what they do oh it might be like robot <laughs> i haven't i haven't watched it in a long time but i think yeah do they have like I, captain slasher they have like i think it's like a mocap suit so they like control oh. it with their bodies and yeah, oh no they, it's not like they do their moves then. yes no, it's not like Robot Wars. Yes. Okay, and the whole well, thing with like Hugh real... Jackman, he used to be a boxer, so the, the you know when he does the mocap, oh. it's like very much using his technique from, if I remember okay. correctly. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, but I remember well, really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. So yes, there real we go. Steel. <laughs> real Steel next week. Southpaw was this week. Very good movie. Enjoyable, different type of movie for for me though. I would not necessarily ever really choose to watch a movie like this too heavy for me i like nice movies okay well real steel or, will, get, will get you out of the seriousness i also like nasty movies <laughs> but nasty to the point of they're not real you know this was a real movie this, this felt like this probably could and had happened at some point <laughs> and um I, I don't I don't like that because it makes me realize that <laughs> the world's dark. a terrible place and I don't like realizing yes, that the world's I know. a terrible place. Well, you'll have fun next week. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> Morgan hasn't seen this show is not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. We do have Monday Madness every Monday, which is our chilled out show, our topical show. We play games, we have fun discussions, reviews, and trailer talk and all kinds of news talk and all that and that, that sort of stuff. Uh, we also have the main show. It's a wonderful podcast every Friday where we celebrate old movies. We show love to them. We discover new old movies and we always have fun doing that over yes. there because it is our main show. It is our flagship show. Um, you, you often like to call it the flagship show. I don't often yeah, use the word flagship. <laughs> Um, but It's a Wonderful Podcast is a great place to be as well. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. On Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. We also have the YouTube channel, It's a Wonderful Podcast, on YouTube. Subscribe, ding the notification bells over there for all the fun stuff we have, including full video, Monday Madness, and... Uh, so much other stuff really 
on the It's Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. If you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any such way, there are links in the description to do that. If you are feeling very generous, because we can't do what we do without the wonderful support of our patrons, and we love them all dearly, you can, of course, find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. You can find me on Twitter at the Purple Don with A3 instead of the E in there, because, Janine... Three is a magic number. On Instagram and TikTok at the Purple Dawn, all your emotionally intense fighty fighty <laughs> stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that at our Teespring shop. Just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com or check the description below for the link. And if you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Forrest Whitaker, please, Janine. Oh, I can't do <laughs> I'll do him as Saw Guerrero. That's fine. Yep, yeah, that's what I was expecting anyway. But in that first trailer, then we're like, kind of Yes, in the first one. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>